Welcome back to The Thinking Tree. This is a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are discussing activism and the church. All right, Jeff, we run into this issue more and more every passing year. We dealt with this ad nauseum on the underground year after year, season after season, and I know we're going to keep dealing with it. Christians navigating how to respond to cultural and political issues. That is the name of the game here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We deal with this constantly, and it always seems like a minefield. A wrong step will make you the target of vitriol or ridicule, and that could happen from your friends or even family. As believers, we have to fight for wisdom from above when we respond to the issues of the day. We do need biblical principles to help us walk wisely, and that's why we want to talk about it here on The Thinking Tree. So let me begin. Let's talk about the role of Christian responsibility, Uh, being your brother's keeper. We often hear about this in the realm of politics, in the realm Mm. of activism, that we are a brother's keeper and we need to respond a certain way. What is the role that 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 plays when we're thinking about responding to cultural and political agendas, whether that's uh, actual policy being put into place or a movement that could be happening? How can Christians gauge whether they're more influenced by Christ or by their culture? We want to talk about these things. Mm. So here's the question. To what extent should a Christian be concerned with being their brother's keeper uh, when they're thinking about responding to cultural and political agendas? Um, well, it's actually multifaceted. Uh, so we got to make sure that we, we break it down somewhat. I just did a whole series on Unshakable on our, yes, our, our video podcast where I talked about the transgender movement mm-hmm. and encouraged people in the last episode that we need to be courageous and step in. When, um, when truth is at stake, we need yeah. to step into it. We can err on one side by being so hostile and aggressive that we, 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 turn people off and and we're poor ambassadors for Christ mm. because we're just not gracious, we're not loving, and that's not the motivation of our heart, so we turn people off. But more and more I'm seeing Christians being too passive, that we're not taking responsibility for stepping into hard conversations about difficult subjects. So we need to have that courage, trust the Lord. And, and finding that balance of being confident but not condescending, mm. right? But not apologizing for what is true and what we think is good for every human being because... Uh, obeying God and fitting into his will is always the best for every human being. So yeah. whenever we whenever we make biblical recommendations to our brother or sister, our fellow human being, um, it, to follow God's will, to line up with God, way God the way God has designed you is always going to be good. Yep. yep. So so that's that's one facet. But can I can I also speak to uh, the idea of uh, are we our brother's keeper in terms of helping each other do this well within the body of Christ? Mm. Because part of our church covenant, as you know, is that we will walk together in brotherly love, yep. exercising an affectionate care and watchfulness over one another. So we are a brother's keeper in the body of Christ. And especially here at Oak Hill, because we've covenant, covenanted. Yep, that's a verb. It's a, <laughs> yeah. We have agreed to do that. So, so, um, so as we're navigating the difficult things in life and activism and politics mm-hmm. and cultural trends, which can be very discouraging, we can feel like we're getting defeated by the world out there. We have to encourage each other to be courageous, but we also have to help 
one another see when we're crossing lines mm. where it could signal that we've gone into an unhealthy spiritual place or that it's negatively impacting our witness, then we need to speak to one another out of love and concern, right? So for example, I see this a lot in, in um, the cultural and political world we live in where folks are, are growing in anger, resentment. Um, they have cult-like attachments to certain things mm -hmm. and politicians. You probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that shows up in their disposition. It shows up in their mood. It shows up online. It shows up in their conversations, in broken relationships. Yep. So we're our brother's keeper in the global picture in the sense that we need to step into hard conversations and say, this isn't good. It's not good for you. It's not good for your family. It's not good for society. But also in the body of Christ to say, hey, brother or sister, how are you doing in navigating through this world, which is becoming more complex by the day? Yeah. You know, I love especially the first thing you said. I agree with everything you said, but the first one, I especially, I'm grateful that you pointed out, we we do need to correct. Mm -hmm. There is that nature of us knowing the truth, not being perfect in our knowledge, but knowing the truth from God's word and bringing truth to bear. Mm -hmm. uh, Second Timothy chapter two, the end of it says, the, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong. And here's the key with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. Mm. If perhaps God may give them repentance, leading to the full knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And the encouragement here is that when we are not avoiding, because it doesn't say, and the Lord's servant should avoid right. all difficulty, and the Lord's servant should ignore right. all the problem. No, it doesn't say that. Yeah. It says not be quarrelsome, not be a fighter, right. but be kind, able to teach, be patient when wronged, and with gentleness correct those who are in opposition for one specific purpose, that God may grant them repentance. It's a great so passage. So those who are following after lies and believing believing things that are just not true, right. like the fact that, or thinking that there could be more than two genders right. or two sexes. I right. mean, however they want to use the term, right. we know God created them male and female. How do we walk through that with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, bringing truth to bear, and with an end goal? We want to see them come to their senses. We want to see God grant them repentance that they would turn away from their foolish ways. Amen. That's not just in this issue of transgenderism or if it was in an issue in, in any other activism, mm -hmm. socially or politically. It's the same thing. We can do that either very aggressively, as mm -hmm. you, you mentioned it before in our other episode on, on Juneteenth. We could do that just with vitriol and trying to win the day. Yeah. Or we could try to win hearts right. for the sake of the Lord. I think that's uh, the the extent that I would encourage others to be their brother's keeper is to see whether it's an unbeliever, see them come to repentance, have that as a goal. Yeah. Or as you said, if they're another Christian, another believer, whether they're in your church and your members together, like our church, or they're just another brother or sister in Christ, see them walk faithfully. That's the br brother's keeper. See right. them honor Christ and what they say and what they do. Right, exactly. All right, so let me ask this then. How can a Christian begin to recognize they might be more influenced by the world than by Christ when it comes to cultural and political issues? Yeah, so there's there's the self-examination part and then there's what I just talked about and that is listening to your brother or sister who comes to you in love and says, look, I'm concerned about what I see you saying, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether that's online or in conversations. Or I, why do I sense that you're you're becoming really angry? You know, listen to those things because God God speaks through His people, right? Yeah. So sometimes when a brother or sister comes alongside you and says, "I see this," 
that's a time to humble yourself and listen carefully. But in terms of self-examination, because I think that's really what you're talking about here, um, it's always good to step back and analyze what's happening both in your heart and then the overflow of that in your life. Like, what are you spending the most time on Ooh. in life, right? I mean, and, and I, look, I have to guard myself carefully on this. If I, spend, if I spend four hours a day on Twitter or Instagram- oh, I'll kill you. But I, but I spend 15 minutes in the Word, what's that gonna yeah. do to me? Yeah, it'll show. Right, absolutely. So what do you spend your time on? What do you think the most about? Mm. Man, sometimes we get things that are happening in our world and it rocks us or we start to get fearful and it just, it's stuck in our, in our inner parts and we can't get rid of it. And we're like, I don't know why I'm so constantly tense and upset. And why did I bark at my wife? Well, what am I thinking about, right? Yeah. What am I dwelling on yep. uh, throughout the day? Um, you know, what is it that's driving my mood? What? It, it, again, if your your spouse is always a great one, like, honey, why are you why are you on edge? What's going on there? Right? It's probably something that's got stuck inside you. Here's another one. What what am what am I pursuing knowledge of the most? Mm. Do I want to know more about this political issue? Do I want to know about which candidate to pick more than I'm pursuing knowledge of the Lord of His Word, right? Yeah. Of truth. So there's there's definitely ways to stop and do self examination, but that has to be a discipline that you're willing to go through, right? To do heart work with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I feel it. Because we feel it. If we're honest with ourselves, we feel like, why am I so angry? Well, because this world is spiraling because I'm, I don't want to be hit with Pride Month in June, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, it's overwhelming. And I don't want to go into Target and see the, oh, the, the trans t-shirts on kids. I, I get it. Yeah. I really do get the, the frustration and the anger. But listen, um, God is sovereign. Um, he's on his throne. And so what do I do with that is the issue, right? Do I take that in prayer to the Lord? Uh, do I step into it? We talked about Brothers Keepers. Is this mm -hmm. something where I could speak out or I could have a conversation? Um, it's balancing all those things. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to echo that one of the lost Christian disciplines is self-awareness. Yeah. And we see this constantly today, whether we're in discipleship, uh, whether we're walking with others or even just having a conversation with even professing believers who may not even be in our church, an, an astonishing level uh, of a lack of self-awareness mm. is out there among believers. It would behoove every believer to take that stock that Jeff just talked about of considering what am I bothered by? What am I struggling with? Where am I spending my time? What am I spending my effort thinking about? Mm. What is consuming me? Having that level of self-awareness will that will help a believer to pursue faithfulness because God will help them. If there's that intent to understand where they're going astray, God will absolutely help mm. and assist. You can ask another brother or sister to help you in that as well and give you some feedback, but it is a lost, lost art and a lost discipline. So I just want to encourage that. Amen. Now, how can we, you want to think about this, how can we prioritize being faithful to Christ in our responses to these cultural and political agendas that pop up almost daily, how can we do that and also pursue that clarity or that charity really and grace with those that we disagree with? And here's what I'm thinking about. There's that phrase that gets thrown out all the time, Christ over culture. Yeah, It is used all the time. How can we help to clarify that we ought to seek to honor Christ, but part of honoring Christ is gonna be being gracious and charitable with those we disagree with. How do we balance that? Yeah, the Christ over culture has been around a long time, that, that phrase, and there's truth to it, 
right? Christ yeah. comes before culture. And, and, and actually, can I do another commercial for Unshakable? Yeah. Um, this idea of, of, of winning the culture wars and, and the Christian nationalism, mm, mm. it's becoming really big right now. I'm going to do a whole series on it coming up. Yeah, so needed. anyway, uh, but we, we say Christ over culture because, because this is not our home. Right, we're citizens of heaven Amen. first, so Christ always comes first before fixing this world around us. Should we have courage to step in and do what we can to overturn injustice, to speak into hard things? Absolutely, but first and foremost, it's Christ. So, in terms of dealing with people who are who may disagree with us, we didn't we say it in a previous show, Romans 14. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about, <laughs> we talked about it, one, right? one regarding one day as another. Right. It's the whole thing that, listen, convictions are good. We ought to, we ought to pray, we ought to study, we ought to research, we ought mm-hmm. to come to convictions, be led by the Spirit in that, but there are times when we are going to disagree with others. Our, can we say with a brother, our eyes are on Christ first and foremost, but we still disagree over this thing. And if it's a gray area, a disputable matter, we can agree to disagree in a brotherly way. Yeah, if a brother is wandering into sin, that becomes a different thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about just a gray, disputable area, right? Yeah. And if there is a debate, if there is a debate to be had about a, a conviction, um, we don't want to just use worldly standards to solve that debate. We ought to take that to the Bible. Mm-hmm. We ought to take that through the biblical. Bring scripture to bear on that issue. Too often, I find we might agree, say we disagree on a political issue, whatever it might be, immigration or foreign affairs, whatever. Uh, I see people arguing over the politics of it. I see them arguing maybe what we might call common sense or mm-hmm. logic, and that's fine. But ultimately, again, what's our standard? It's Christ over culture. Yeah. So what does the Bible say? How should we land on this biblically? That ought to determine our convictions. Yeah. You know, there, I, I, I hesitate to tell the story because it involves a, 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 a brother um, in another country, but I'm, I'll be very vague about this okay. uh, just to be honoring because I don't want to give the sense of gossip, but I think it's important here. Uh, essentially, this brother from another culture, uh, we have that dynamic of having to talk through the differences of how I may express something from a very American and Western way and how this brother may understand that, uh, you know, whatever I share from a very different context because of, Everything, his background and the way the way that his culture views everything from business transactions to uh, nature of relationship and friendship and ministry, all those things. Mm. We have to work through that constantly. There came an issue about is maybe two years ago uh, where this brother uh, was offended by something. Um, but the thing was, he was offended by something that I didn't do. He was offended by something that had happened before I existed in my role and 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 whatnot. And the offense, in my mind, wasn't even a big deal. It was, he took offense to it, but it wasn't necessary. But he held on to it for some time. Mm. And there came a point where in love, I had to confront him and say, brother, even though your culture values this this way and the, you, know, you, you view these things in a certain way, you are a Christian first and foremost, and yeah. so am I. Yeah. And the call here is for both of us to honor Christ in our relationship and to let go of what I cannot influence because it happened in the past and what you cannot influence mm. because it happened in the past. And if you're not willing to do that, then we can't have a relationship moving forward. Mm. And when I said that to him instantly, it was like scales fell off of his eyes. Hmm. And I don't say that to in any way to, to say it was my words. It was God's word that won out, the principles from God's word won out that day. And he responded and so graciously said, 
praise God, not even a you're right kind of thing because I wasn't aiming for that, but he said, this was so helpful for me. And now to this day, we have an incredible friendship in Christ that is far deeper than just working together. You know, he's a pastor and, you know, I work at Children's Hunger Fund, far more than just a business transaction hmm. because I was his brother's keeper in that way. That's cool. But we ex- we had to uh, experience that Christ over culture in the conflict, in the nature of the conflict. Uh, and it was very purposeful by, in my opinion, by God's grace to help us see there's so many more things that can divide us in different cultures, different backgrounds, mm. political ideologies, social agendas, and you name it. What does unite the Christian is their identity, their shared identity in Christ, what Christ has done and how Christ encourages us to walk in the same manner in which he walked. And when we pursue that, we're not going to be fighting and quibbling over the little things. Yeah. We may disagree or choose to do something differently in those disputable matters, those yeah. gray areas, yeah. as you mentioned, but we're not going to be at each other's throats right. because we're unified in our mission and, and what our vision is for how we're supposed to live our yeah. lives are because our eyes are fix, fixed on Christ. They're Amen. lifted off the world. Yep. It's not like the world, the things of the world don't matter because we all have to deal with them, but our eyes are above that. We're, we're transcending that. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Well, let me, let me say this. The last, last question then I'll ask you we'll wrap up here. As we see more of these agendas and movements pushed and they're going to come all the time. I mean, yep. we are in political season right now. Yep. You know, people announcing their candidacy for the presidency coming up here. Yep. As we see more agendas, more movements from these political leaders, and at times maybe even professing Christians, uh, and sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. As we see these things come up, how can we strive to keep, as you just said, to keep Christ as foremost in our lives, both in our words and in our conduct? I mean, it, it's it, it's simple, but it's hard. And that is be rooted in truth, mm. right? John seventeen seventeen. What does what does Jesus pray? Sanctify them in, in the, the truth. truth. Your word is truth. truth. Be rooted like a like a tree that's planted by water that's being fed by those Amen. living waters. The roots go down deep. They suck up that water, and so they're not shaken. Right. That's mm-hmm. the whole the whole idea of unshakable. Right. Judge everything by the truth. Put it. This is why at Oak Hill we're doing these podcasts and these video casts so that we can help you enlarge your biblical worldview to see things through that grid. But if you don't, if, if you take the grid off and you just respond in the flesh, according to how you're feeling in the moment or how, you know, look, we're all frustrated by the stuff coming at us. But if you take off your biblical grid and you just respond in the flesh, uh, it's going to be ugly yeah. and it's not, it's going to be dishonoring to the Lord. So, so keep, keep rooting yourself in the word, be, be all the things. Be <laughs> live out the one another's. Be present in the body yeah. of Christ. Um, you know, surround yourself with people that love you in the Lord, in the truth, and you'll respond better. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, the reality of living, uh, living rooted in the Word of God, in truth, and being unshakable is that then we're gonna li- we're gonna live it out. Yeah. We're going to follow Christ in what we do. We will be doers of the Word, not just hearers That's who right. look in a mirror and forget what we look like and who we ought to be, but we'll be doers of the word. And in that, we are going to be gracious and patient with those that we disagree with. We're, we need to learn how to do that better and better yeah. as Christians. Oh yeah, because the world's so divided, but we we got to do better than the yes. world, people. Yes, <laughs> amen, amen. That's really good. Well, Jeff, thanks for helping us consider how to address this very difficult paradigm. Uh, and friends, we pray this conversation has helped you to renew your minds and reform your hearts. And Lord willing, we'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree.